Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Five o'clock hours here. John Von Tobel is the company. It's Cofield. Tomorrow will be on the road. Thomas and Mac for an 8 o'clock start. 8 o'clock tip, 7.30 with running Rebel Warm-Up with uh, John and Curtis right here in ESPN Las Vegas. We'll be out there 3 to 6 with the preview of the game. If you want to hear an hour of running Rebel Talk right now, turn us off. Flip over to 9.20. Kevin Kruger Radio Show airs on this Tuesday, 5 o'clock live from Bailiwick inside the Orleans. We're going to do a lot of football this hour and some other stuff. Uh, to follow up on some of the other stuff, you mentioned about 20 minutes ago that you had done paintball this weekend and you dragged your wife there and she was crying. Uh, I did not drag her. That is a ridiculous allegation. She, did, she didn't want to do it and she cried it the was, whole way there as I would. It was her cousin's birthday. Because I don't like guns. It was her cousin's birthday and uh, she didn't want to do it, but I, she, she knows I've always wanted to do it. So, you know, we said, yeah, sure. She's a nice we'll person, isn't she? Um, and Doing uh, what you want to do. So we went. Yeah, it wasn't my idea. We're going to go back. Gonna really? Make, yeah, I'm going to make her go back. That's what that's that, the time that, that, that that'll apply. Because honestly, I know she's at home, so she's not listening. She was not shot. She needs to experience it. She was terrified of it. And she Wait, never what got kind shot. of logic is this? Yeah. So she needs she to. She cried out of fear of getting shot. She escaped not getting shot. Oh, you got to go back and get shot. She shot me in the neck. Oh, really? She got me. In one of the matches. Wow. And I just, uh, I just like, okay, cool. Walked off. Well, you have to set a good example. If you had gone down in a heap and cried, you'd never get her back there again. Well, that's, um, no, oh, well, yeah, that's very true. Well, here's the thing, and I don't know if I mentioned this to our audience earlier, but uh, worth reiterating anyway, that she's never going back because she sees my leg. Yeah. And I showed you the bruise. It's not that bad. Do you, uh, is there something she's been asking to do forever on her bucket list that you do not want to do that you may have to do now? Take family pictures. Ooh. Yeah. Gotta do it, though. I know you hate them, but... Like, you know, the Target, like, go yeah. and get everybody dressed and, like... I love yeah. those. We go with the cats. Yeah. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> but I wish we could. I mean, you have too many cats. I feel like if, you, if you had, had, like, one or two, you might actually... Be out of control. You're, right. The injury on your leg from the paintball, you know how much right. my face would get torn apart by cats just scratching their way away from us? Be, be real bad. I had, I had a conversation the other day with the, uh, the SO, the significant other. And this is the way these conversations go a lot of times, especially when it comes to restaurant choices. So she just threw out, you know, kind of, hey, where do you want to go for your birthday this year, you know, if we go to a restaurant? And every year I always say I don't really care, but I do care, but I never mention it. So I finally mentioned it, and I was like, you know, I really want to go to one of the freaking meat places, one of the Brazilian yeah. barbecue places. And then she, like, argued why we shouldn't go. And I like, like two minutes in, I'm like, you asked me where I want to go. I understand you don't, you're not freaking super meat eater. Take one for the team. It's my birthday. I've had to go and get veggie, well, vegan stuff. I'm not going to call it crap from time to time. Yeah, exactly. You asked me where I wanted to go. Don't give, it was like, it was like tangent suggestions. Like, no, no. Cool. When are we going? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> you're not going to go. I have no chance of going to one of those places. That's just the way, <laughs> that's the way it works. All right, headlines at five. That was the most important headline of the hour. Georgia wins 65-7. When the team is rolling to the point where players can just kind of fade mentally, that's an impressive win. We were talking about chicken wings earlier. Did some players go to, uh, what, the suites on the field? Because SoFi's got those ground-level suites. Just like Allegiant, yeah. Just like Allegiant does in the end zone. And start grabbing some food, going Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog during the game. Apparently, they went over. There's a video. They went over and just got a plate of chicken wings. 
from the luxury boxes down on the field, and we're you know just passing around eating them. That's bad. I and mean, that's on TCU. Of course it is. I that's actually that's actually worse than Kirby Smart running it up at the end of the game. By the way, he wasn't running it up. Herbie and Fowler like doing four minutes on why that's okay. Like they they. they they could have pulled back on the gas pedal a little bit. Let why? the foot off the pedal. The, the why? Stop with the why stuff. If you don't know, you just said the statement. That's on TCU. It is on TCU. You don't want the disrespect you, of your opponent you, you eating chicken also, wings. You don't want the disrespect the, the of your opponent. The wings is worse. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's on TCU. You want to keep what them What are you going to do? Go tackle them when they're on the sideline? Go no. to the suite? Tackle them when you're playing and yeah. don't let them score 65 points. They were shot mentally. Like, they were They were beaten down. Don't let it happen. They were Play competitive football. <laughs> and guess what? Down. They're not getting chicken wings, and they're not running up the score because you can't stop anybody. There were so many lazy, stupid narratives last night. <laughs> I, I hate when the SEC wins the national title in a blowout because it's not enough that the SEC gets their asses just kissed completely. Right. Then we have people who are like, there wasn't enough SEC in. Stop with the Alabama. If you tweeted out, Alabama should have been there. It's not all based on reputation. All right? They lost a couple of games. The resume didn't back it up. And by the way, on this show, we try to think critically. One game doesn't mean that that same result would happen every time TCU plays Georgia. It doesn't. No, I just I'm laughing because I was listening you uh, to you on my way in. Yes, and I'm laughing because you're like, if they play 100 times, TCU beats them like 12 times. I'm like, yeah, 12 percent of the time, it's a really low shot that they. I know Ohio State might beat them 18 times. What Georgia? Yeah, Ohio State probably beats Georgia closer to like 40 times. I don't know, man. Over a hundred game sample size again. I guess I guess if if it was. if it was amnesia and Ryan Day didn't remember what happened the last time, if he coached the same way, they ain't gonna win more than fifteen times. Yeah. If he's got, you know, if he's got the Georgia Cougars in a in a vice grip, is he gonna freaking squeeze them to dust, or is he gonna coach like he did at the end of the freaking game? Hey, let's go for a ninety-yard field goal with a college kicker. So that's that's all fair. But to your original oh, I, point, I, Ohio State's better than TCU. Yes, I believe that Michigan is probably slightly better than TCU. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Alabama is. Alabama had a chance to prove it all year long. They lost a couple of games, and they were close in a couple of others. Well, and so that's what originally to your point here. That was one of the more annoying things that I saw last night too. Like I actually, I even flipped like Twitter. It was all over it. I flipped on TikTok. Some guy was doing a live stream of why Alabama deserved to be in the whole time. And it's like at some point, right? This is what we talked about, and you alluded to it. Like, and that's why I thought Adam Adam Hill was making a somewhat disingenuous argument. I told him as much when we talked about it on the air which is the whole thing is like, well, what do they want? They want the best teams or they want the most deserving? Like, they want both. They want the best, most deserving teams. Alabama does not did not deserve to play in that game. We could make the argument that power rating-wise, Alabama would be up there with Georgia. Sure, maybe. But Alabama also, and here's the other thing to your point about the SEC, LSU was not good. LSU for an SEC, LSU stunk, okay? I watched LSU go to Arkansas, who had just ruled out their starting quarterback before the game. Won that game by three points because their defensive lineman was freaking awesome and their offense couldn't do anything against Arkansas. LSU was not a good team. So stop acting like a close loss to LSU is something good, right? 
fighting tooth and nail with Texas A&M is not good. Alabama's resume was not good. They did not deserve to be there. So to go straight to that argument after that loss yesterday, I agree with you, was stupid. What I also don't understand is Georgia wins, but everyone doesn't get ultimate credit for it, which I think is weird. But before we hit that, I do want to get to the note that you sent over because I I don't think you believe this. You sent over a note challenging my assertion from a couple of years ago that college football is getting more balanced. Oh, look at the result last night, 65-7. Balance! <laughs> All right. Do we... When I was talking about that, I was talking about the potential of getting into the Final Four and the need for a playoff, right? But do we judge balance of college football on one game, one title game, or the entirety of the season? Well, I think I'm judging it from the title game. And I think you're wrong to do that because you know that but, oh, if teams play a bunch, there, there are games that go south quickly. And a 65-7 result doesn't rep the entire season or that Georgia was somehow, you know, 28 points better than every team in college football. What is the ultimate goal of every college football team? And let's whittle it down. If you're a, if you're a playoff caliber team, right. what is your goal? Make the Final Four and win a, potentially win a national title. No, it's, it's to win a title. Right. It's not to make the Final well, Four. I think you have to, well, I think there's a big – that is part of the challenge. We just mentioned it with Alabama. Like, you have to be almost perfect right. to get to the dance floor. But so the, the first thing is get on the dance floor. But with the whole thing expanding, right? right win a have, national title. Win a national championship. So my whole argument here is, you know what? You're right. The, the buildup is a lot of fun. Okay, yes. There's a lot of parity. There's great. That's fine. But at the end of the day, when the ultimate goal is to win a championship and the same three to four – isn't even the fourth one in there? Same three programs are winning it. That's where I think people like, and you can you know throw it out there and laugh and whatever, be extreme about it. My whole point is just like, yeah, sure, the ride is great. But at the end of the day, we all know who's getting off that ride at this point right now. And when you get a matchup like this, where TCU has the season that they do, hmm? and a strong conference too, by the way. Don't get twisted. Like a lot of right. people are like making fun of the Big 12. Big 12 is awesome. That's another year. lazy narrative right. today is that somehow the Big 12 sucks because TCU got off to a bad start and laid down, right. and their coaches let them down. Big 12 was great this year. If you, did, if you said anything else, then you didn't watch. Big 12 was a great conference this year. But my whole point is just, at the end of the day, there is one ultimate goal for these teams that have a chance to make it to the playoffs. That's to win a national championship. And so far... We've seen the same three to four teams. That's some outliers at the beginning of the college football playoff. But lately, it's been the same three programs that have been represented and have been winning those national championships. And that balance does not seem to be going anywhere in terms of winning that actual game. The last two years, we saw a new entrance into the back end or the, the three slot. Yep. How'd that go? In TCU and Cincinnati. They didn't win it, but they got in, which that looked like an impossibility a couple of years ago. It takes time. We're making gradual progress here on getting more balance in the sport. And my original argument was NIL is going to be good for everyone. Mm -hmm. And while the rich can still be rich, they also lose out a lot because other teams can now buy their way to the table legally. And my other point was the transfer portal will change things in bringing up the middle of college football and that next level below the the three or four strongest programs and those programs will be weakened at times by losing guys but especially at quarter at quarterback no one it's going to be I I can't wait to see the Georgia kid Beck play next year because mm-hmm. that's the other part of this right that's the other part of this the notion that Stetson Bennett the last two years was just along for the ride no accomplishment what why. If Georgia's awesome, 
and they have this giant gap, quarterback's kind of important. Right. He's just along for the ride. Anyone could go out there and pitch it and catch it. Really? As I mentioned last hour, JT Daniels couldn't because he was supposed to be the guy. So I think there's there's balance to that conversation, right? It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. I obviously am being a little extreme when I'm saying if, I, if I'm if i giving off the vibe that I think Stetson Bennett stinks by any stretch or that I could go out there and do what he's doing. Stetson Bennett is also, it, it ignores the fact, he's gotten better as mm-hmm. his college career has gone along. Yes. Like, he's gotten better. But at the same time, it would be foolish to think that Stetson Bennett is an NFL quarterback now okay. because his floor is being raised by the talent around him. I think he can be an NFL quarterback on a roster. And my question today was going to be, and I hope you picked up on it, right? And I... Last night, I think I threw it out as like a seventh-round pick. I'm going to get a little more aggressive, right? Are the Raiders smarter if they take Anthony Richardson with their number one pick or they spend a fifth-round pick on Stetson Bennett? What are they projected? Their seventh, right? Is that their pick? I'm going to go Anthony Richardson would be the dumber selection. Okay. I mean, I think that's an easy answer. I don't think it's easy. Because so I mean, that's if if, and that's assuming you don't believe that he's like a eighty percent guarantee. Anthony Richardson's a big like, and this this is the argument too. Mm-hmm. Is can five eleven one ninety guy? We're gonna go with that's his size, right? Yeah. Drew Brees size, Brock Purdy size. Can five eleven one ninety guy be on your roster and potentially challenge, be an interesting choice for a starting quarterback gig like Brock Purdy has turned out? As a fifth, sixth, or seventh round pick versus the 6'4, 240 guy, you know, just like Will Levis, right? Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. When you take them in the first round and they don't turn out, then you're the Jets. And and even the like the Jets were better this year, but everything was held back by the fact that they probably made a mistake on Zach Wilson. So it's just the whole what the what the actual cost is of a fifth, sixth, or seventh, right. and what role that guy is going to fill versus like everything. Go when you take a quarterback in the top ten, he has to freaking turn out. Well, but I also think there's nuance to it, right? So like for example, my team, the Colts. Let's say the Colts had the seventh overall pick. I actually think it'd be smarter for the Colts to select. Anthony Richardson with that selection, as opposed to go fifth round for Stetson Bennett. Why? Because I think the Raiders fancy themselves that are a team that could potentially be somewhat close to competing. The Colts are a team that I think need to go get a quarterback and start down the path of, we need a future quarterback. We haven't had one for a really long time. I think there's nuances and difference to situations as opposed to what you're looking at. I don't think it's black and white for, okay, put every team at number seven here. It's different. Every single one of them. If you're giving them that selection, right? Yeah. Do you think Stetson Bennett will be drafted? I think he'll be drafted. You do? Yeah. I'm sure he'll be drafted. I think. So, f- by the way, I think a fifth is absurd. But I wanted to get a little aggressive that, hey, you cover the guys, so you're going to try to get them. Right. Someone's going to convince themselves in the he's a winner deal. Okay. And will he play in any of the All-Star games? Do you think he'll play in the East-West Shrine game? Purdy did. I would think he will. Okay, because the last – it's not the last. I can remember an SEC quarterback who had actually better measurables but was part of a winning program. But his attitude going into the draft I thought sucked, and I'm guessing that his attitude wasn't great in terms of working when he was in the NFL. A.J. McCarron I was gonna go should, Greg be, McElroy. should be – now, Greg, I don't think Greg McElroy yeah. has an attitude problem, and I don't think Stetson Bennett does either. Yeah. Stetson Bennett, though, is weird after these last two games. I, I'm going to be mean here because I guess I haven't watched enough interviews with him. I'm just grading on his interviews on the field after winning national championships the last two years. He like he could not speak. 
Did you watch the interview after the game last night? No. He could not speak. So I can't tell if he gets super wrapped up in the emotion hmm. of it or he's just dim. But you can't be dim and be that good in that offense. So I assume he just gets wrapped up in the emotion of it. But he just kept stopping. and He's like, I'm just looking around and enjoying the moment. Or he's probably playing the all shucks. <laughs> I don't know thing what's going on. He's playing the all shucks card a little. Because then too last hard. year, last year in the morning after he was, he I think he was annihilated. Yeah, it was the same thing. He like he just could not get across the message he was trying to get across. Right. I find I find his story fascinating because we do this. We have a lack of appreciation for achievers, and we just grade it on like I mean, people last night trying to build a case. Oh, he's just old playing against these young guys. Wait a second, he he didn't even have a job at the start of last year. And he just won back-to-back national championships. Give the guy credit. And to your point, he got better. He right. did get better. He got better. Now, like, again, once you get into this part of the season, that luster does wear off. And these get pretty hardcore in terms of valuations of quarterbacks. Right? And they're going to see all the flaws, oh, both yeah. physical and on the on tape. And that's going to get knocked down quite a bit. And he's going to be like a fifth to seventh round guy or, you know, undrafted free agent. I think the winning of championships helps push him past some of the guys that will be in that five to seven range and probably get him on a draft board and get him drafted. But as far as like NFL future is concerned, like you said, I think it's a good story if he carves himself out a spot on a roster and is just consistently as like a backup in the National Football League. But I don't think we're expecting anything great from Stetson Bennett. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Jameson Williams asked for your jersey. Do you want to yeah. keep it with that? I think I might have told him I'd give him a jersey uh, when we played in Detroit, so I'll probably have to send him a jersey. But there's just some special ones that I like to keep, so it's nothing against Jameson. I'll, I'll make sure I send him send him one, but uh, yeah, I kind of want to keep this one. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. So, uh, once again, proof that Aaron Rodgers is done with the Packers. The Raiders should get involved to try to get him. I mean, that, what? Why are you looking at me like that? He's not done. This isn't some contrived plan that he came up with on the field. He was thinking about this beforehand. Jamison Williams is caught on camera coming up to him and going, hey, bro, can I have your jersey? And Rodgers knows. He's like, I'm not going to be here. This jersey's no. going to be worth a lot to me and maybe others, so I'm holding on to the jersey. And then he kind of danced around it. Give me part two of the answer because someone followed up and they're like, well, why Why is it so important, Aaron? Why? Night game, Lambeau, week 18. There's just certain jerseys you like, uh, like holding on to, like you know, playing Chicago or uh, you know, big uh, Sunday night games. It just a little bit different, I guess. Maybe given it's not keeping it, it's more like it's a cool one to give somebody you really care about. There you go. He was all stalling there to not say, I've made the decision and I made it before that final game that I am leaving. I'm going to try to win somewhere else. These, okay. These... Let's do it. Hey, Rod's off season. Let's do it. I'm back in. I'm ready for three months of this. Right. And there you go. Let's go. And that's where it's at. He doesn't, he doesn't know. He's an older gentleman. It's hard in football to know when to retire when you've still got options. Like, what's the right point, right? I'm starting to slip a little bit, but I'm still good enough to compete, and I love competing, but I also don't want to work my ass off in the offseason. What do I do? And he'll have a decision in March or April. No, he won't. He knows exactly what he's doing. (laughs) He knows exactly what he's doing. He's leaving. He knows that the cameras are around. It's retiring or leaving. He did not stop. He knows that the— You're saying in that moment— How do you not know it's Sunday Night Football? What are you talking about? A 
And in fact, it's one of the more incredible feats that I have seen athletes do. One of the, one of the better moments I've seen. This is going to tie into it. We were at the Cali tournament for UNLV, right? Yeah. And they have the huddle. And there's a cameraman in the huddle in David Mwoka's face. And Mwoka doesn't even realize it. He's just like he understands this guy's here for a reason. He knows he's there. He moves around him. And I was like, if that were me, I'd be like, move! Right. <laughs> like, because they all know. They're used to it. He knows there's cameras everywhere, especially at the end of a football game that just eliminated them from the postseason. He knows. And so, of course, Aaron Rodgers, who is, yes, egotistical, who wants to be in the headlines for a good chunk of the summer, no. is going to go, hey, man, I'm going to hold on to this jersey for a while. So then guess what? When he takes the first snap for the Green Bay Packers week one next year, let's remember this moment. Let's remember this moment. Just like we remembered when he was trying to force his way out of Green Bay just to sign an extension and stick around. Let's remember this moment. Let's remember it. Just like we remembered, his biggest complaint was that they didn't get him any help, and then he stayed with the Packers after they got rid of the best wide receiver he's ever played with. Let's remember this moment. I Let's want. No, I, I want my payoff as a Jets fan for the debacle that was the last Packer legend to come to New York and be the mercenary. It didn't work out with Brett Favre. I want me some Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you didn't see this, did you? A New York area host who I've been on with a couple of times, Sal Licata, out there. Did you see him getting dragged today? He has your next quarterback. Would you like me to drop him off? You know, meet halfway between Indy and New York and drop him off to you? Matt Ryan. How you want Matt Ryan? Uh, See you later. I don't love it. <laughs> I don't think you should. Um, I would take I would take Ryan on a one-year deal for decent money a billion times over a four-year deal for Derek Carr. Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what the deal is. If, if it's a bridge, then I'm fine. No harm, no foul. They have to get a good backup. God, I, I sat there watching a little bit of that Jets game, and that's all I could stomach because it was a gross game. It was awful, 11-6. And I'm like, if they do anything, I don't ever want to see Jersey Joe Flacco. Stop. Okay. No, he's bad. Stop. What happened? He's a hundred. I remember watching him. It's, it's so like, stupid that he's there. I remember watching him just like drop dimes to like Anquan Bolden and be incredible on the way to that Super Bowl. And then watching him out there yes, on Sunday, it was incredible. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. I don't know where we are going today. I was just talking waffles during the break, some movie, the menu that's coming up. I've been making the case for Stetson Bennett all show long. We talked wrestling earlier in the show with Tony Khan from AEW. So let's get into a little fighting and let's get into the NFL. Sean Merriman is with us. He's well-rounded. I think we are. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Hey, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, a whole lot's going on. We're very fired up about uh, college football last night and uh, the NFL. And before all that, though, I know you have a, a big fighting event coming up. So tell the Vegas audience about the uh, big event on the way. Yeah, we have a huge fight Saturday in Riverside, California, the Riverside Municipal Auditorium. Uh, if you can't make that, then you can watch us on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV, starting live at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific to 8.30 uh, got a action-packed show. A lot of uh, former, you know, some former UFC guys, but also some guys that 
uh, we, we hope to retain, but, um, you know, they, they got other offers already, so we'll see what happens. But if you can't make the fight, catch us uh, on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV, live Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific. So your fight organization, we know, uh, lights out extreme fighting. I know one of the goals that you want to deliver on is when guys get out of traditional sports to give them a, you know, a, a period of time where they can actually make the transition to become professional MMA guys. Oh, absolutely, and we're we're seeing more and more guys from former you know former NFL players, Frank Gore and um, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, we had a couple more. Greg Hardy, you know, had some success for a little bit of time in, in the UFC. Uh, but there's going to be quite a bit of guys now transitioning into lights out extreme fighting. And you know, I've all, I've also put it on the table. I'm not, I'm not opposed to going against a guy too if it, if it makes sense. Light it up on football TV. So uh, yeah, I'll be open to that too. There you go. Sean Merriman, former Charger, former Buffalo Bill, is with us. All right, first of all, let's talk about your Chargers. Um, I'm bullish on them going to Jacksonville and winning the game. I will say it was a little bit weird to close out the season playing a bunch of the guys. As a former player, do you get what Brandon Staley was doing, or you're like, get him off the field, bro? Well, you know, for one, you don't want to completely arrest guys. I'm, I'm against that part because they get out of the regiment. You want them you know, mentally still attached in the game. However, whatever time they start getting ready for the game or whatever bus they take, whatever they eat, you want them to keep that same routine. So you want guys playing. Um, playing them into the second half was a little bit of, a little bit questionable. Um, I say, look, get your guys first quarter, maybe some of the second, then you rest them the rest of the game. Uh, the game is not important. It doesn't mean anything. And you want everybody going down there to Jacksonville healthy because they, they are playing with a lot of confidence right now. Sean Merriman with us, longtime NFL linebacker. Chargers and, of course, uh, the, the big spot, the San Diego Chargers, of course. All right, so let's talk about Brandon Staley because I feel like we've gone through like this weird relationship, like the collective, with Staley, right? At one point, he was a boy genius. Everybody wanted to be him and have somebody who worked for him. Now it's kind of gone in the opposite direction. Where are you at with Staley in terms of his reputation and, and how you think he can lead this Chargers team forward, not just this year you know, at the end of whatever the playoffs are going to be, but into the future? Well, you, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, right? Because whether you want to call some of the calls and fourth and fourth and inches or fourth and how many yards that he went for it, uh, you want to call that questionable, no problem. But if you look at before the season started, on paper, you would say that the Chargers were, they had a, uh, a chance to go all the way, right? Win a championship because of uh, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Khalil Mack, and Joey Bosa, you, Derwin. You look across the board, it's just all stars, it's all pros all over the field. Then, you know, you have, you know, six, or six to eight big injuries. And I'm not talking about certain guys. I'm talking about the guys, right? You have some of the big-time starters that go down for multiple games, six-plus games at a time. So if you say that before the season started, this many guys would get hurt and they still have an opportunity to play in the playoffs, I wouldn't say that it was possible because I haven't seen it. You know, that many guys, that many of your starters, your key guys go down. Your starting left all pro left tackle, uh, you know, Slater goes down. He comes in. So you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, I, I just hope that they go down to Jacksonville and start fast. You know, the last game that Jacksonville had against Tennessee, they are young, they're hungry, they're energetic, and if they feel like they can play with you, they will. If it's not the Chargers, who's the team to beat right now for you between the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs? I would say the Bills. Um, you know, they just have momentum. I think they have more reasons than not to – play extremely well this offseason, and they just look like they're jailing at a time, and they feel very confident going into the playoffs. Now, I, I can't 
you can't never knock KC, right? They're the champions. They they won Super Bowls. They they get it. They know how to win. Got Andy Reid and you know Pat Mahomes there and Travis Travis Kelsey. They they got big time players and they know how to win. But you know, going into the playoffs, most of the time it's about health and momentum. And so when you talk about health health and momentum, that's the two things that the Bills have going into the playoffs. I wanted to get your take on a, a tough topic because I think a lot of it's accusatory without full proof, but. Uh... You know, a story came out last night from ESPN kind of detailing what was going on behind the scenes um, after DeMar Hamlin went down uh, with cardiac arrest, and we heard the whole, hey, let's warm up for five minutes and, and go back out there. Now we've heard a story that, yeah, that's the NFL wanted to do that. The two coaches basically had to pull the plug on the whole thing. Where are you with the NFL and just how much the league cares about the well-being of the players? Well, we all know that the NFL is a business. There's no doubt about that, but you know, everybody, I, mean, I saw a lot of the comments and people complaining about the game not being over immediately, and it just doesn't happen that way, right? I mean, the NFL have to talk to the NFLPA. Both organizations, they have to talk. The networks have to talk to, you know, sponsors and people running the commercials. How are we going to get out in and out of this thing? I think the NFL did a good job at ending the game and canceling it and not trying to get it back on schedule immediately. Um, to be honest, we have never seen anything like that. So how can you prepare for it? You know, right. we've seen guys leaving a stretcher. Uh, we've seen ambulance on the field. We've seen catastrophic knee injuries, Achilles, major injuries. We haven't seen someone fighting for their life on the field. So how can you prepare for it? Um, so, you know, I know everyone's going to bag on the NFL because they're a business, and, and they are the biggest business of them all. Um, but also at the same time, I thought that they did the right thing and, and cast, not only canceling the game, but not trying to fight and rush and get it back on the schedule again. Sean Merriman's with us. Um, you know, there was a lot of – a uh, big kerfuffle over Skip Bayless and his tweet, and then Shannon Sharp getting all mad at him. Where do you sit right now in terms of what we do in the media? And this includes former players. Sometimes the way we talk about the current players and the current games, I I still see an immense amount of disrespect, especially from some former players about current players. It doesn't have to do with Hamlin, but just sometimes when we grade the game, um, I just I don't know, man. I think people are kind of losing sight of what football is and how hard it is to play. Yeah, and you're always going to have that. And regarding Skip, you know, I don't have a problem with what he said. I had a problem with when he said it, right? You got, you got a human being that's actively fighting for his life. There's no question about it. I think most people are thinking in their head, hey, how is this game going to continue on? But you don't do that while he's getting CPRs, you know, for them to decide if he was going to have an opportunity, a chance to live or not. It was just a, you know, just a not only disrespect, but it was just like, Damn, this is a human being, guys. Like we, we get it. The game is part of everything, and he has a job to do. But you know, give it five or ten minutes before you start talking about the game again. This guy's fighting for his life. And as far as you know, the former guys talking about current guys, I think that this situation with Demar um, really put a human aspect on the game. Right? We we all look at the business side and fantasy football and the betting and everything like that, but we actually saw somebody fighting for their life. And yeah, I think it turned the heads of not only current players but also former players who also seen it. Yeah, I um, I got really annoyed. You know, speaking of college football, I just got really annoyed last night with the analysis after TCU got blown away by Georgia, and it's like they didn't belong on the same field. Like games like this happen, and Georgia is probably a better team. You know, if they play hundred times, Georgia's probably the better team than TCU. But I mean, you know, as a player. There are times when, hey, maybe your coach has let you down. You lose your confidence. The game doesn't start out the right way. Uh, blowouts can happen. It doesn't mean that your team is crap because you got blown out. 
No, I think it what it really what people really wanted to say is they wanted another team there, right? right? That was their that was just an excuse for them, their team, whether it was you know Alabama or whatnot, to be in their spot. And TC didn't TCU didn't deserve to be there. So it was I, I looked at it more of that, not necessarily that TCU got blown out; they didn't deserve to be there. I just felt like more other people wanted their team there instead of TCU. I wanted to go build on the Skip Bayless thing really quickly because yeah. Sean, as a former athlete. Where do you stand on him overall in terms of how he's built up his media personality? Because my argument when it came to Bayless and the tweet wasn't even so much the tweet itself or like you mentioned where a lot of people had problems with, like you, the timing of it. My whole thing was even if he had the nuance of caring about what happened to DeMar Hamlin, he has built his reputation as kind of being a basher of you guys being performer of like professional athletes and that many people don't believe he's coming from a sincere place. You know, it's funny you had uh, you had Tony Condor earlier, right? So he he could tell you any more about being a heel than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and and that's how I view Skip Bayless. Uh, you got someone that doesn't mind um, saying outlandish things about players. Um, someone who is consistently a hater of LeBron, whether it's good or bad or whatever, it's just a consistent hate. Um, it, it's it's almost like uh, stuff is on on par. And and I've worked with Skip. I've been on the show several times with him. I don't have anything. I don't have a problem with him personally at all. Skip Bayless is a uh, well-rounded and, and well-experienced journalist, first and foremost, before a TV personality. I have a lot of respect for when it comes to that. But you need a hill, right? You need someone that doesn't mind stepping out there and saying exactly what he says to get people to feel a certain type of way because you do have an emotional attachment when he jumps out there and says certain things about certain players. Period. Lights out extreme fighting uh, right down the road. Folks in Vegas, you can get to Riverside pretty easily. January 14th for the uh, big fighting event. It's also on Fubo. Sean Merriman, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. There he is, Sean Merriman, the former Raider. Check that. Charger. So used to saying Raiders now. Chargers uh, and Bills. And I, I, wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he sent a text to LT. Yeah, TCU. Mm. Rough one. I, I forgot about that. That was a good voice of reason there on Skip. Yeah. Kind of like I said last week, it's a bit. He's never going to go away from the bit. And what he did last week, while kind of, you know, we'll say profiting off a terrible tragedy. First of all, I, as I pointed out to you guys, I didn't think the tweet was uh, was read correctly. And I understand your counterpoint that you know, who could take the beginning seriously when he's always been so kind of nasty and against athletes. But it's it's all a bit. It's all a bit. I saw him send out a tweet. The other day, and he was like, try, in, in caps, like almost trying to repeat what he was trying to say originally. It's like, bro, you, the bit worked, okay? You, you don't, you're not going to win back people. Don't stop trying to like. He's like, I don't know, bit by bit, he's trying to apologize. Like, uh, why? Just stick with stick with what you do. Because I think the whole Shannon thing's a lot more real well, than good. we think it is. Shannon could go do his own show. Show split up. I like Shannon. I think Shannon do can you, do a good show. But he, but do you but think the best, Skip Bayless has life after Shannon? I think Shannon's got plenty of life after Skip. I think Skip has plenty of life. They can pair him up with someone else that he can. He'll freaking get super worked up. They'll scream at him. That's the whole. The, that's the whole thing. Now, why why Stephen A. went away from that? I don't understand. Do you like what what they're doing with Stephen A. now? As opposed to what they were doing with Max, uh, I'll, be, I'll be quite honest with you. I don't know what they're doing with Stephen A. Outside, well, of they ba- they basically clips. just bring they bring other athletes on, and he you know he's a a ninety five percent lead, and if he wants to listen to him, he listens to him. If not, then he you know he insults uh, what's what's Acho's uh, Manuel Acho, what's his brother's name? Now I'm blanking. Sam Sam Acho. Like last year, oh, he, I didn't realize he was la- on there. Oh, that, yeah, last year they had Sam Acho in, and he basically was like, 
know your place. I'm like, okay, what, what are we doing here? I think Stephen A. Smith is a self-sustaining entity. He is perpetual motion personified. I mean, Skip's on the air. He's older, too. He's 70-plus years well, old. And that's, so that's my whole point going back to that, though, which is every time that Skip has made a move, right, him and Stephen A. have kind of gone in opposite directions. Where, yes, Skip's on Fox, but you look at the ratings numbers, all those things, that's kind of declined. And I think if he takes another step away from a, a, a co-host who has become kind of like Stephen A. Smith, right? A character of his own and a bigger star than a lot of people realized. You're really just going to listen to Skip's podcast that he records in his broom closet and that's it? I think he needs Shannon and I think he knows it. Who else do you think is good in that medium? The talking the talking head TV medium? Any athletes developing? I think, I think Emmanuel Acho is good. I, I, I think yeah. he's got a presence. It's a, I mean, it's a bit. No, it's so a bit. Yeah, we know. You, you, can't get, you can't get super worked up about it. Now, by the way, Acho is one of those guys who has kind of sold his soul, and he does get incredibly disrespectful of players, right. which I do find amazing because there are a lot of players like Shannon will walk the line, but he won't go all the way over the line. Acho is like, screw it, man. I'm jumping the line. Can I tell you? So what I don't like the most about Emmanuel Acho is, and I just don't generally like guys like that. You mentioned like the, the bit of selling your soul, right? Like, yeah. So I don't like Skip Bayless. That's why I don't like people like that. It's very clearly a bit like you mentioned. You don't even believe half the things you're saying potentially, and that's what I, I find that disingenuous as somebody who views things, this is going to sound really pompous, with like logic and nuance, okay? Yes, <laughs> right? Yeah. I get that. Trust me, I get it. Uh, that's how Three. nuanced I am. Uh, yes. But, when, but what kills me with him is, and again, this is going to sound great coming from me. I don't need you talking to me like you're saying the first words that have ever been ever created about the topic that we're speaking on. Right? Like he talks yeah, like he's the smartest guy in the. You Steve, don't. let me finish. No, I don't. You do don't. This. No, I don't. Let me finish. No, I'm just playing. Yeah. Yeah. But but like you don't need him to speak to you like that. No. But a lot of people do. A lot of people like and, it. But I just I and like I said, I get it. I just don't like the disingenuous stuff. To me, that doesn't stick. I like I and like because even like the Tua Herbert thing. Because I know you guys hit on that, right? Anybody with half a brain who has watched football, and especially a former player, go back to the 49ers game that Tua started, right? When he throws a six, seven-yard pass that is taken to the house for a touchdown. Yep. For you to go on Twitter and be like, told you Tua was the truth, baby. It was like, okay. Like, view that with just but the it, tiniest bit of nuance, yeah. and you understand what actually happened there. But that's so that's so the like the straw man argument in football. Mm-hmm. The best players are the ones who win. Do you win? Well, then you're awesome. Well, they also went on to get smoked in that game. <laughs> but in general, like, do you? He was winning. That was his whole argument at the time: is that Justin Herbert doesn't win, Tua wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's only. See, we're going to get into this argument. I'm arguing points against him, like yeah. that. You know what I mean? That's just all. That has always turned me off about those guys. And say what you will about Stephen A. Smith, I. I this is going to sound crazy, I guess. I don't think he does that. I think Stephen A's a character. I think he's way over the top with the things that he says. But I think that he, like what Stephen A takes what he believes and adds his personality to it a hundred times over, right? It's not Stephen A coming up with a point just to argue. It's Stephen A taking what Stephen A believes in and screaming it at you and magnifying it a hundred times over to where he's just a super big character about it. It really really is amazing what, that's why I admire what, First take does, and even even if Skip drives you nuts, what they did last week was magical. Like like Shannon, I, I pointed it out last. You have you have people watching and are like, please fight him. Well, I don't think Shannon likes him. Please fight him. But that's riveting TV. Like what ESPN does with Stephen A. Because if you look on the front page of ESPN.com, they put videos up, mm-hmm. right? And it's Stephen A. Like what? Like all mad, screaming. 
The description on this one video, Paul Feinbaum's on, the college football guy. Stephen A. incensed by Feinbaum's take on Saban and Smart. And as soon as I looked at it, I'm like, I doubt he was. <laughs> right. That's there's, the nothing, there's nothing that Paul Feinbaum is going to say that is going to truly incense but that's, Stephen A. So that's, but, 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 you, but a lot of people are going to look at that. And I, listen, I'm going to click on it. So I'm part of it. Because now I'm like, did it really happen? Or is this just a great tease that's getting me? But I, so I think that speaks to my point, right? Stephen A. Smith probably disagrees with what Paul Feinbaum said. Right? Is he incensed by it, to your point? No. But does he disagree with it? Sure. So what's he going to do? He's just going to take that <laughs> and amplify it by a thousand. Brilliant. And he's going to make a clip out of it. Whereas Skip would say, oh, what is the opposite of that point? I will argue that even though I don't believe in it, and I'll probably bash a couple athletes along the way, and that's why I don't like him. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So, uh, doing promotion for the mothership, we were just talking about Stephen A. And a video that uh, ESPN.com had up with Paul Feinbaum. It was slugged. Stephen A. incensed over what Paul Feinbaum said about Kirby and Saban. Uh, All Feinbaum said was that he thinks that Kirby Smart has moved ahead of Nick Saban. I don't think that's an outlandish take at all. The other interesting thing I saw social media blowing up about, and I had seen um, the uh, whatever the site is, the uh, the Barstool site, um, say that David Pollack said Georgia has taken over college football. Listen to this bite, and he did it right in the face of Nick Saban. And, and George, obviously, you've seen in the past couple seasons now, really, that they've taken hold of college football. They did an unbelievable job. Okay, taking a hold of college football, is that the same as taking over college football? No. Okay. Shocking that the internet would uh, disingenuously <laughs> right. distort a message. Um, what Pollock did there was magical TV. And if Saban wanted to respond, he could have responded. Pollock didn't do anything wrong. Of course not. He actually did the right thing which is to do something that would have caught on in one of two ways, the way it did now, right. or even more so, because can you imagine if Saban was just like, now oh, hold on a minute. I don't, I don't think Saban was listening. That's also a very good point. People were like, so it's funny you say that. So I saw a clip. I saw this clip, right? And it was like, look at Nick Saban's face when David Pollock says this. And I looked, and I'm like, is something happening? Yeah. Like, it looks like he's just kind of staring off into the distance and being like, uh, he's in La La Land. His, it wasn't his turn to speak. Right. He's not, I'm not trying to be an ageist here, but you know, as we get older, our uh, attention span can fade a little bit. He's in a stadium with 80,000 people. It's not his turn to talk. So he, I don't think he really heard him. And or, he didn't say taken over. He said taken a hold of. Right. And, or he's doing the classic thing where you see in media all the time. He's thinking about what he's going to say next. Yep. <laughs> right? Like Wait, what'd you say? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not listening to have a conversation. He's listening about, uh, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to say next. Stick your hand in there, Dave. By the way, do I get props? I'm going to take over for two seconds. I nailed what this guy looks like. I sent you guys the picture. The stick your hand in there, dude guy. Oh, yeah. I like. Yeah, I nailed it. Week, yeah, yeah. Here. I nailed what he looked like. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Could that be Stetson Bennett in like four years? <laughs> not in the NFL? Same body type. Not in the, not in the NFL? <laughs> God, I'm fighting for Stetson. Man, I hope he comes to the East-West Shrine game. Uh, when, he, when he shows up to the East-West Shrine and I interview him, do I have to bring up the fact that I called him a bit dim? No, about you an hour ago, whether he was dim. Well, I just he's just he's dim. just weird. After he wins, he, he like he can't react. He just right. locks up. So I'm rooting for the kid. 
I'm rooting you. for the story. I like I like short, average-looking people. I have nothing yet to accomplish, but he should not be cheated from accomplishing at the highest level just because he's 5'11", 190, or whatever, 5'8", 5'9". Backup quarterback, man. He could beat Chase Daniel. Boy, Lofton was killing Chase Daniel. When they wouldn't take out Herbert, James Lofton's on the game, and he's like, I don't think he has a helmet. And he kept going on and on. He's like, where's his helmet? And the play-by-play guy's like, I think he's got a helmet. Like, it's the bits. Understand what he's doing.